Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host. The Holy Spirit is with us and present with us throughout the church age. But at some point, the church age is going to come to an end, and I believe the rapture of the church will occur. And of course, that's described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, which says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a great promise from the Word of God that someday in the future, and I believe that will be very, very soon, the Lord will return and those of us who are alive will be instantly transformed in our resurrection bodies and will meet the Lord in the air and be with Him forever and ever and ever. What a great promise. What a great thing to expectantly look forward to. Today we're with Pastor Doug Wilson, one of our missionaries, who is specifically the head of many of our educational and church planning efforts around the world. Uh, Doug, thank you for joining us today. Well, it's a delight and a pleasure and privilege. Well, God gave us an opportunity to continue on with a couple of our regions. Uh, we have ministered in four or five regions quite uh, heavily. But two of them were ones that emerged as uh, trying to finish things that we had started and had committed to, and also uh, expanding the network of doing among themselves as much as possible. And so we were in the Calcutta and West Bengal region with uh, the Ahoban radio ministry with Pradyut Mandal and his team in West Bengal. 
and we were able to do regional conferences and church ministries. Uh, we were able to do counseling and uh, encouraging of the saints there. We were able to meet with their various administrators and also have an actual seminar having to do with the Hoban Radio where they had many of their participants coming uh, from all over the region overnight on uh, the, uh, the train in order to meet together. And it was a mighty uh, and powerful time. Great encouragement, great truth was exchanged and a lot of commitments were made, not only for Christ, but also for ongoing ministry uh, through the radio. Uh, also doing regional seminars of uh, training in discipleship and in evangelism and seminary level uh, training in various kind of ways uh, to the nationals. We went down to the border of Bangladesh where we had uh, people that had crossed the border from Bangladesh who were predominantly Muslim background. We also had ones that uh, were from India that were predominantly from a Hindu background. And we were able to do uh, some training right there uh, on the border with these various groups and uh, gave them materials. And uh, it was one of the more uh, most warmly received. We kept in touch as best we could. There's only so much you can do when you're at arm's length and not able to be there uh, in person. We've always been a roll up your sleeves kind of people. <laughs> we like to be right there with them. And they like to have us there with them. And they made that very clear with their warm reception. Uh, it has to be the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, why would they be looking at ones from our part of the world with open arms, other than God is using that in a special way? Uh, we also had a wide regional uh, meeting of a lot of pastors, missionary leaders in West Bengal all done in the Bengali language with great interpreters and translators. And all of the materials given were donated uh, by our sponsors and uh, wonderfully well-received all of the infrastructure things of lodging and of food and of travel and transportation and all of those things were covered. And we give thanks to God for that. Well, they need a lot of prayer and a lot of God's grace for wisdom as well as protection. Uh, the government is run by a militant Hindu prime minister, and there are a number of people that do things uh, under the radar there to persecute, not only physically, but also financially. Uh, there are a number of ways in which uh, some have had violence against them. Uh, some have been pulled over. Uh, even we were pulled over by police. Uh, two or three times in that region, and we're told uh, uh, that we had to either come up with a financial agreement to continue on or to be deported or whatever they wanted to do, uh, they were able to do. So these are the kind of things that happen regularly. Uh, we have ones that are put in the hospital because they've been beaten. We have ones that have had their uh, bank accounts frozen. Uh, ones that have had the, the, uh, the credentials uh, to operate within the country withheld from them. Uh, so there are a number of areas of direct and indirect persecution on top of the other things that they face all the time, uh, lack of resources. Uh, they have a, a lot of problems with uh, 
uh, bad weather situations that come and devastate large regions of where they're ministering and trying to have a humanitarian resources available as further inroads into uh, from the Christians out to the Muslim and the Hindu communities. So uh, they are under threat uh, from the central government, from the regional government, from ones that uh, have been radicalized among the mostly among the Hindus in India. And uh, this is a cause for great concern and it makes it even more difficult for ones such as us to go into those areas. Frankly, our doctor warned us that it was too early for us to be going there. Uh, God carried us through those things and kept us safe uh, by a miracle of His grace. But we are not unaware of the fact that uh, these doors may not remain open. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. As you're aware, this is a listener-supported program, and we would not be on the air without your help, prayers, and support. We are coming into the summer months, and that's a time when people like to be outside. They like to be more active than through the winter months, and they go on vacations. And fortunately, through the summer months, we have a dip in our income. And so we would ask you to pray that God would help us through these summer months, as it's always difficult to fund ministries through this time. This month, we're offering a wonderful booklet. It was written by Dr. Fred Hartman, one of the speakers on our broadcast. It's entitled Lifestyles on Earth When Jesus Returns. And what he does in this booklet is to explain the scriptures that talk about the end times and the, and how life will be on earth when Jesus does return. And then he compares it to today's events, their political events, their historical events that are happening today. And it's a wonderful booklet and it's very encouraging. And when after you read it, you realize that we are in the last days and the Lord could return soon. And I, so I would pray that you would write in and ask for your copy of Lifestyles on Earth. When Jesus returns, you will not be disappointed. You can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R787, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231.
Today's message is from Reverend Art Larson and is entitled, The God-Blessed Life. I know that you'll enjoy this message from God's Word. Printed copies are available upon request. Someone has said that there are three stages in life. Young, middle-aged, and my, you're looking good. Well, how are you today, my friend? Many of us can identify with the writer who said it's better to say I'm fine with a grin than to let people know the real shape that you're in. Well, there is a lot of emphasis today on being physically fit, isn't there? Is there anything more important than that? Oh, I believe there is. What is it? Knowing God's blessing in your life and being spiritually healthy, spiritually fit. Having God take your life, making it new, filling it with joy and blessing, and making you a blessing to others. Now, when you're having a rough time or when you're ill or when things go wrong and you've had a terrible disappointment, you feel depressed or discouraged, when you turn to the Bible, where do you usually turn at times like that? A lot of people turn to the book of Psalms. That's where we're going to look today. In fact, we're going to look at the very first Psalm, Psalm 1, to find out the kind of person God really blesses. Let me read Psalm 1 to you. It would be a good one to memorize. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Did you notice the difference? You're either godly or ungodly. You're either righteous, that is declared righteous, with the righteousness of Christ through faith in his finished work at Calvary and the empty tomb, or either righteous or unrighteous. You're either saved or unsaved. You're either going to heaven or you're not going to heaven. The Bible says the way of the ungodly shall perish, but God says the way of the righteous will be blessed. Now look first of all that the God-blessed person, according to Psalm 1 verse 1, is separated from the world. What do we mean by the world? Does it mean the beautiful world all around us? Does it mean that we don't care about people? No, we're in the world, but we're not of it. The word world here means the world system. 1 John 2, 15-17 in the New Testament says, Love not the world system. That is the way the world thinks and plans and does and has its value system. Don't love the world system, nor the things that are in the world system. If anyone loves the world system, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world system, listen carefully, it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And this is not of the Father, it's of the world. And the world is passing away. But he that does the will of God abides forever. So the true believer who is blessed of God is first of all separated from the world. That is the world system. He doesn't walk according to the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. 
He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. Notice these three words, walk, stand, sit. The God-blessed person does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Rather, he gets his counsel from the word of God, the Bible, and from godly people. He searches the scriptures and finds out what is right and wrong and lives according to the truth of God's word. He doesn't live by the counsel of the ungodly in the ways of selfishness and greedy and false ambitions of promises that never, never, ever are fulfilled in the life of the ungodly. To think that being rich, and there's nothing wrong with being rich, but if, if you think that's the answer to true happiness, you see, he can't mix the two. You can't be a friend of the world and a friend of God at the same time. In fact, the Bible says that friendship with the world is enmity with God. So the Bible tells us to come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. We're in the world, but we're not of it. So the first thing God mentions about a God-blessed person is that they don't walk according to the counsel of the ungodly, but rather according to God's word. And then secondly, they don't stand in the way of sinners. That is, they don't stand for what the sinful, unsaved, ungodly stand for. They don't promote that kind of lifestyle. They don't stand for the things that God is against. They stand for the things that the Bible teaches are right and true and holy and honest and godly and Christ-like. We are in a spiritual warfare. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. With all the armor of God on and take your stand for that which is of God and of Christ in the Bible. Don't stand in the way of sinners, the things that they stand for. So the Christian lives a completely different life. They walk different. They take a stand which is different. And they don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Why? Because the scorner repudiates God's word, God's people, God's son, God's servants. Laughs at the preacher that preaches the word of God because the word condemns sin. The scorner refuses God's word. And the fact the Bible says in the last days there'll become many scoffers and scorners who will say, where's the promise of his coming? They'll make fun of the truth of Christ's first coming and of his promise to return the second time. The scoffer doesn't want to have anything to do with the Bible. And the Christian doesn't sit, as it were, in the seat of the scornful, doesn't take sides with those kind of people. He rather takes sides with the things of God and is openly, willingly defending the truth of God's word no matter what people say. No matter if they laugh or ridicule or threaten, they take their stand, a true believer does, according to the word of God. They don't sit in the seat of the scornful. God says that the God-blessed person, Psalm 1, he says his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. That is, the Christian really feasts on the Bible. Once you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you, gives you a great desire to read and study the Bible, and then teaches you from those scriptures and opens up the truth of the Bible. Before you're saved, you don't understand the Bible. You don't have interest in spiritual things, the Bible, church, prayer. Maybe you pray when you're in trouble, but that's about it. But once you're saved, the Word of God becomes your entire affection. It becomes the most important book and possession in your life because it's eternal. God's eternal Word, and we delight ourselves in it, and we meditate on it day and night. Do you meditate in God's Word? That means do you chew over again and again in your thinking all the wonderful truths that you read in the Bible? Do you take notes? Do you write things down from the Bible? Do you memorize scriptures from the Bible? If you would memorize one verse of scripture each week, 
In one year, you would memorize 52 verses of Scripture, one a week. Can you imagine what that will do for your life? The Bible says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Someone has well said, This book, the Bible, will keep you from sin. Thirdly, the God-blessed person is settled by the waters. Verse 3 of Psalm 1. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. His fruit, his leaf, the Bible says, are healthy and fresh because the person that is blessed of God keeps in touch with the water of life, with the word of God, and allows the Holy Spirit of life to permeate his whole system. He's like a tree planted, producing, prospering. He is someone who is refreshing to be around. He's planted by the rivers of water, ever-flowing water. Remember, Jesus spoke of water. He said to the woman at the well, If you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I shall give you, you will never thirst again. And she wanted that water. And he said, I will give you that living water. So real, so fresh, so genuine. She was so excited, she ran back to tell everybody in the city, I've found the Christ and the living water of satisfaction and reality and genuineness that I've searched for all my life. The person whose life is bearing fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, is one who is living by that living water. And the person whose life is bearing fruit, those fruits are listed in Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. These wonderful fruits will be a very evident part of the person who's planted by the rivers of water, who's been saved and planted into God's wonderful family and nourished by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. In fact, as you get older, Psalm 92, verse 14 says, They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. You might laugh at that. It just means fresh. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Not dried up, cranky, hard to get along with, a menace to society, but a refreshing blessing to all that you meet. See, the God-blessed person is separated from the world system, satisfied by the Word of God, delights in it, meditates in it, memorizes it, and is situated, settled by the water of life, brings forth fruit, and does not wither, but great refreshing blessing during his lifetime. Oh, that that were true of you and me. So someone tells us about such a person. And then it simply closes by saying this, changes the whole subject. The ungodly are not so. Oh, the ungodly are different. They are like chaff which the wind drives away. They have no substance. Therefore, the Bible says the ungodly will not stand in the judgment. That means that when the judgment day comes, they won't be able to stand. They'll hear God say, depart from me, I never knew you. And they won't stand in the congregation of the righteous either. That is, those who have been declared righteous in Christ. Not self-righteous, but the righteousness of Christ. Those who will not stand with the righteous have never come to Christ to receive the righteousness that he alone can impart. The Bible says that his righteousness is the only righteousness God will accept and that all our righteousnesses 
are as filthy rags to God, and God will say to such people, I never knew you. The eyes of the Lord, the verse says, are over the righteous. The Lord knows what we do, where we go, if it's pleasing to God. Where are you going? How are you walking? What are you standing? Blessed is the man that constantly refreshed and bringing forth fruit. Their purpose, their plan, their aim, their ambition is to please the Lord Jesus Christ and become fruitful in their life, not only in the quality and character of it, but in the lives they influence. They become fruitful in winning others to the Savior, and they're looking forward to that day when they will hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Paul could put it this way in the New Testament. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That day, my friend, if you are ungodly, in that day you will not stand. You will not hear the Lord say, Welcome. He will say, Depart. But if you are a Christian, and you've been walking according to the things of God and the truth of God's word, you'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. God knows the way of the righteous. What is that way? It's the way of the cross. Jesus' death and burial, his resurrection, his ascension, his seated intercession for us, his preparation in heaven and his soon return. It's the way Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. The old hymn says, The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as you onward go, the cross leads home. Come to the cross. Confess your sin. See Jesus dying there for you. Repent, receive, believe on him as Savior and Lord and begin this God-blessed way. Read and memorize Psalm 1. Live according to its wonderful truth and be a God-blessed person that is fruit-bearing. And so refreshing. God bless you. I trust the message that you just heard will be a great blessing to you throughout this next week. It's Canada's National Bible Hour's heart that those who listen to us could grow in their faith, that some of the scriptures that are shared meaningful to you as you meditate upon what was just spoken to you. And we pray for those who may not know Jesus Christ personally. And so we share the gospel here at the end because we think it's really important. The Bible says it's by grace you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. The gospel is simply this that you are a sinner. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We understand that the wages or the payment for our sin is death. That's spiritual death. That's separation from God. That's eternity in a place called hell. But the gift of God, the thing that Jesus Christ did, the thing that God the Father did for us, is he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him, have your faith in him, will not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we're asking you, if you've never received Jesus Christ personally into your life, to ask him to come in. And if you're sincere and if you're repenting of your sins, you're confessing your sins to God, you will be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's the verse that brought me to Jesus Christ. And I've served him now for some 65 years. Remember to write in to get your copy of Lifestyles on Earth When Jesus Returns. This is by Dr. Fred Hartman, and I highly recommend this uh, to encourage you that the Lord is coming soon. Please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 787, 
or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also get past broadcasts on our mission website. That's www.missiongo. I trust that you'll continue to listen to our internet radio. You can get us at MGO Radio. You can listen to us 24-7. We have good messages on there. We have good Christian music on there. And it will be a real blessing to your heart and to your soul as you listen to that each day. I trust that the Lord will continue to bless you and watch over you this next week. Please pray for us. And we ask that you would continue to ask the Lord to help us to continue this broadcast on the air. May the Lord bless you and keep you in a mighty way.